would take your Bible and turn to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 13. It says, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply upon the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. I want you to think about something before we go any further here a little bit. Okay, these guys are living seven, eight, and nine hundred years. And having children. Think how fast they would multiply. Very, very rapidly. It's just something to think about. So when it says they multiplied, they multiplied. That the sons of God, verse 2, saw the daughters of men, they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. And that really what that means is, for another hundred and twenty years, God's grace is going to be extended, and then it's going to be cut off. We know that Noah preached for 120 years. <clears throat> Verse 4, There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto them, unto the daughters of men, they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and a perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth was filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity we have to open your word tonight. Thank you for... Uh, the record that we have of uh, mankind and the history of man and your work and your dealing with man and Father, I pray you to help us to learn and grow and be encouraged and challenged and and uh, from as we consider uh, Noah tonight and the example that he set for us uh, living in a time of great great wickedness. And I pray that you just uh, encourage our hearts. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Noah, the man who conquered his circumstances. Noah was the man who conquered his circumstances. You know, Noah's, Noah's generation, or the times of Noah, are described here in verses 5 uh, <clears throat> through... Uh, particularly verse 5, but uh, verse 11 and 12, where it says, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. 
So you're describing people that they can only think of evil. That's all they think about is doing evil. Now, some people have this idea that the people that lived in these times were cavemen. But there is uh, uh, scientific research done, you know, on this. And there's quite a few people that actually believe they had, maybe had electricity, forms of electricity. They were very advanced. When it says they were uh, men of renown, mighty men, you know, these were wise people. They weren't, they weren't cavemen. Um, you know, you know, violence... Uh, you know, and, and you know, if you go to Luke 17, uh, it describes this this era as living in pleasure. And you know, when you read things like that, uh, you know, one of the things that 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 goes with that sort of living is you know, kill babies. You live for pleasure. It's just for uh, sexual pleasure. You don't want children to interfere. You, they, they may have had some form of abortion. There's other ways than modern methods. And, and after all, they were scientifically advanced in many ways. So, so these aren't cavemen as people like to think they were. Uh, they, they, you know, they were, it was, the earth was corrupt and, and the earth was filled with violence. You know, Psalm 11 says, Violence his soul hateth. And there's an interesting thing as I'm reading, I've been reading this that caught my attention. That uh, verse 12 God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all earth has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy the, them with the earth. So uh, and also verse 7, the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and fowls there, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Now, you might say, well, why do you have to kill all the beasts? Man corrupts the earth completely. Uh, go to Numbers. Through violence... Numbers chapter 35. Numbers 35. And <clears throat> verse 31 says this. Moreover, you should take no, no satisfaction of the life of a murderer, which is guilty of death, but he shall surely be put to death. You shall take no satisfaction for him that has fled to the city of his refuge, that he should come again to dwell in the land until the death of the priest. So, you know, you know, you're not to be happy that a murderer is to be put to death, but he is to be put to death. It ought to grieve you, but he is to be put to death. And, and of course, in those days, they had the city of refuge where if somebody killed somebody, not intentional. Um, there's a term for that. I'm trying to remember what it is. Huh? Manslaughter. Okay, manslaughter. That's a modern term for that. You know, in other words, uh, you... You, uh, 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 you know, something happens maybe with a car or something and you hit somebody or they hit you and they die. Uh, you know, there's possible manslaughter charges where, you, where somebody was killed, but it was not intentional. Of course, that's manslaughter. And that's what the 
city of refuge was for, whoever killed somebody unintentional would go to the city of refuge, but they had to live in the city of refuge the rest of their life or until the high priest died. That may be 30, 40 years. You know, what, what that was teaching, God is teaching us here is, look, you need to be very cautious and careful and go to great pains not to take a person's life. Because sometimes it happened through carelessness, you know. Um, so, so that was the thing. But he said, it, you know, it, so don't, you're not to take satisfaction, but it is to be done. Here's the reason. Verse 33. So ye shall not pollute the land wherein you are. For blood it defileth the land. The land cannot be cleansed of the blood that is shed therein, but by the blood of him that shed it. Defile not therefore the land wherein ye shall inhabit, wherein I dwell, for I the Lord dwell among the children of Israel. You know, and, and you think about Genesis chapter 6 here, and there's violence. There's just all this violence in the earth. It's, it's, the Bible says it was, the earth was filled with violence and corruption. And, and it defiles. God said it defiles the land. So it affects, it affects the, the land and, and, and affects the beasts as well. Uh, and I'm not going to go into more details than that. But, but anyway, so this was the circumstances. This was the conditions of Noah's time. Uh, they, were, they were also materialistic. You know, go to uh, Luke 17 for a minute. Luke 17 and... Verses 26, of course, again, you know, you, you live that long, you could, uh, you have lots of time to amass things, you know, I mean, you live seven and eight hundred years. And Methuselah lived, what, 969, Lamech, that was, that was actually Noah's father, lived 777, which I think is kind of interesting, three sevens, but Luke 6, uh, 17 Verse uh, 26, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. Same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So here's people, the living. Now what's wrong with there's nothing wrong with eating. There's nothing wrong with drinking. In fact, you ought to eat and you have to drink to survive. And there's nothing wrong with getting married. But the point is here, as it was, in, and you know, of course, you know, this, the, the, there's more than just people just getting married. This was, you know, many marriages. Of course, sodomy's involved in this. Uh, it, but it's living life for pleasure without God. Without any reverence or respect to God, that's that's what this is, and and you know that was the situation at Sodom, and that is the situation in the days of Noah. Uh, there's a total disregard for God, for the law of God, and you might say, well, they didn't have a Bible. Well, let me let me give you a little little uh, uh, information that will help you understand they are accountable. Okay. Methuselah, uh, whatever I just said. Okay, Adam lived 113 years after the birth of Methuselah. Methuselah was Noah's grandfather. Now wrap your brain around that. Adam lived 113 years after Methuselah was born. Adam died. 
So Adam talked to Methuselah, who was Noah's grandfather. And Methuselah was 369 years old when Noah was born. So Noah would have talked to the man who who knew Adam, who talked to Adam, who had direct fellowship with God, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So, don't tell me they didn't understand what God was like and what God expected and what was required for fellowship with God. They did. They did. So, in that amount of time, uh, you know, several thousand years, because Noah was 900 and some years when he died. So you figure 800 years till Methuselah was born, and Methuselah was 969 when he died. You know, and Noah, and and actually he died five years before Noah went into the ark. And his father Lamech died five years before Noah went into the ark. It seems, according to the records, biblical records, they died the same year. Noah was, or uh, Methuselah was 969. And Lamech was 777 when he died. And if you add that to the year that Noah went into the ark, you'll come up with uh, uh, five years he died before Noah went into the ark. So, but anyway, my, my point is this. That they had they had been given revelation, uh, direct revelation from God. They, they had known how to approach God, that had been commanded them, of course, in the early books of Genesis, chapter 3 and 4. And, but they neither reverenced God nor respected Him. They did as they pleased. They lived to please the flesh. That's what they live for. They live for pleasure. You know, if they glorified human might, physical virtues. They were giants, mighty men. You know, this is the kind of stuff the world does. You know, Hitler and Mussolini, they were, you know, they wanted to have a super race. You know, that Aryan race, that, that super race. It was the god of the Germans. And, you know, they, they, it's, it's, again, it's a denial of acts. And, of course, we see this today with the, the, the critical race theory and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, wanted to uh, divide the races. But Acts 17.26 very clearly says, He hath made of one blood. All nations of men. One blood. Whether you're black, white, oriental, you all came from Noah. And he came from Adam. But you're all descendants of Noah. So he's made of one blood. And, but here's a man, Noah, as we think about Noah living in a situation like this, that you know, of course, the Bible says he found grace in the eyes of the Lord, verse, verse 8. And, and verse 9 says, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. You know, sometimes you look at the world and you think, man, who'd want to bring kids into this world? Of course, people said that to me when I got married. And I think that sometimes now when, you know, and I said, my response then was, Noah did. And only Noah and his three sons went on the ark, and their wives, their children. 
But Noah walked with God. In the midst of this, of course, you know, he'd had Methuselah. Not much is said about Methuselah. And Lamech, his father, uh, you know, for up to his 600th year. Noah was 600 years old when he went into the ark. So, you know, they would have been there as well. But the last five years without them. But, but this would have been a, a, this, this society would have been a constant challenge to him. constantly challenged him. So he conquered his circumstance. He was a man who lived uh, to please the Lord and was not deterred by what others did. And, and uh, uh, he disregarded you know, uh, the, the, all the moral corruption and all this. So Noah concerned himself with the present problems and, 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 and he stood against the world. You know, the, word, the name Noah means rest. And I forgot to print out my verses. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 15. <clears throat> so I have to turn to them. I want to get done early because I want to hear Ryan's speech. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 15. Uh, anyway, for thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, and ye would not. Of course, he's talking there to the nation of Israel, and he says, returning unto the Lord uh, and resting in him, you should be saved. Noah rested in the Lord. He trusted in him. Of course, uh, 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 Hebrews 11, verse 7 says, Noah moved with fear. Fear is the beginning of wisdom, Proverbs says. And, but how did this... How did this Solitary figure, you might say, conquer his circumstances. Um, he was a man of purity. Notice verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Uh, Noah had a consciousness of God's presence. He had an agreement with God's purposes. Amos 3.3 3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? And, and, of course, God uh, instructed Noah that he was going to destroy the earth. And he gave the, the, the men of the world 120 years to repent. And so he walked. He had a conscience of God's presence. He was in agreement with him. Uh, he walked in fellowship with him. Uh, again, can two walk together except they read? And, and 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Uh, and, of course, fellowship uh, is the fruit, and the fruit of that is confidence and assurance. You know, I mentioned this other Sunday night, I think it was Sunday night, that fellowship with God brings confidence and assurance. Uh, Psalm 65 and verse uh, 5, <clears throat> Psalm 65 and verse 5, says this, By terrible things and righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are far off upon the sea. Now, the psalmist said that God is the confidence uh, of, of us. Uh, in, in Proverbs 3, <clears throat> Proverbs 3, and verses 13 through 26 you know, he's talking about wisdom in here, and he says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. 
For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasant, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding he hath established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up, the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes, keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul, and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence. See, if you live by the wisdom of God, apply the wisdom of God to your life, he says, you know, you're not to be afraid. You're going to walk in safety. Your foot's not going to stumble. Uh, you're not going to be afraid of, of, of the desolation of the wicked. And because the Lord is thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. You see, confidence is the fruit of fellowship with God. And the Bible says that Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God. He had communion. Uh, his communion, uh, uh, he drew from a divine source. Everybody else around the world at that time was worried about their fellowship with a fellow man. Noah concerned his fellowship with his God. He was a loner. You know, like I say, you know, he had Methuselah and Lamech up until five years before the flood, and then his children. But for you think of those five years, it was just, you know, again, he and his wife and his children and their wives were the only ones within the ark. So those five years until the flood actually came, you know, they were on their own. And so, you know, his, his communion, he drew from, from God and his fellowship with God. And, and so, you know, one of the things that, 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 I, that I thought about here is to thinking about Noah. You know, he'd been constantly challenged. He was a preacher of righteousness. And basically, nobody listened to him except his children. All those people. So I'm sure he was constantly challenged. When somebody challenges you concerning a biblical doctrine, what does that usually do to you? Doesn't it make you dig and study and do more research to get an answer and prove? You know, know, the world, (laughs) we see something similar to this in the world. you know, the world, uh, I remember what Brother Howard was saying in Sunday school one time about they, they put a sign up on a balcony of a motel. It was right on the beach. No fishing. And you know what people did then? They fished off the balcony. See, the world, they, they like to be against something, but they're usually against things that are right. 
And, and that's, a, that's a challenge to them. If they're, if they're challenged with something that's right, the world usually rebels. You know, now I thought of this today. Alexander Great conquered the world by the time he was 32 years old. He conquered the whole no, known world. And the story is told that he kind of sat down and cried. And then in a drunken orgy, at 32 years old, he died. He was beside himself because there was no more, no more world for him to conquer. No more destruction to be done. You know, no more people to subdue. That's a man of the world. Noah, of course, he would challenge people to do what's right. And that's the way we ought to be. We ought to, we ought to be challenging people to do what's right. Search the Scriptures. So, he was a man who walked with God. He was a man of faith. Uh, the Bible says he moved with fear, prepared an ark, Hebrews 11.7. Uh, you know, you can't conquer your circumstance without faith in God. You know, Noah's faith didn't change his circumstances, but it enabled him to conquer or live through those circumstances and see them out to the end. Uh, in chapter 7, verse 13, chapter 7, verse 13, uh, you know, he, this is his faith being brought to sight. <clears throat> and this is what faith does. No, uh, chapter 7, verse 13. The selfsame day entered Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife and three wives of his sons with them into the ark. Uh, that's, oh, I wanted chapter 6 and verse 13. I'm sorry. And, and oh, yeah, chapter 6, verse 13. I looked at the wrong verse. God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, room shalt thou make, and it shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. So, so by faith, being moved with fear, by faith, Noah believed what God said and acted on it. He acted on it. Uh, you know, again, it didn't change his circumstances. The earth was still corrupt. The earth was still violent. Uh, and, and, uh, uh, but Noah's faith saved him and his family from the corruption and consequences of, his, of the circumstances. He moved with fear, prepared an ark, what's Hebrews 11 say? To the saving of his house. You know, you don't have to go with, go with the crowd. You don't have to go with the world. You don't have to be destroyed with the world. The Bible still says the wages of sin is death. This world is going to be consumed. But you don't have to do that. You see, faith gave Noah an understanding of what would be the end of this corruption of his generation. And it also gave him the means by which he could escape those consequences. It was all by faith. Because it had never rained. They'd never seen rain. So, you know, again, they'd lived, these people have lived at least 2,000 years, probably, and it has never rained. And now God said, I'm going to destroy the earth with a flood. It's going to rain. And you need to build an ark. And it wasn't near the ocean. 
you know, it was all by faith. Proverbs. What a Proverbs once again. <clears throat> I'm sorry I didn't print out my verses. So now you have to look them up. Proverbs chapter 20, or wait for me. Proverbs 22, verse 3 says this. <clears throat> a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. You know, a prudent man. Uh, one who's, who has wisdom, discernment, investigates. Uh, you know, purposes and causes. Uh, he investigates. Proverbs 27, verse 12. Again, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. No, it was prudent. A prudent man. Uh, and chapter 14 and verse 16, the Bible says, A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. The fool just, you know, he don't care what anybody says. He, it's not going to happen to him. He's going to get away with it. You know, it, it, you know, you know he's not going to give an account to God. He can do what he wants. That's what Rehoboam thought too. You know, Rehoboam was like this fool that rages. You remember when he became king and the children of Israel came to him and said, hey, if you'll lighten the taxes and the burden on this people, we'll serve you. Make our yoke lighter and we'll serve you. And he said, well, come back in three days and I'll give you an answer. So he asked the old men that have been around years and have wisdom, experience. And they said, yes. You make the burdens lighter. You lighten the load of these people and they will serve you. But the Bible says he forsook the counsel of the old men and took counsel from those that grew up with him. Young whippersnappers that thought they knew everything. And they said, you tell them people that your little finger will be thicker than your father's loins. In other words, you're going to raise taxes. So he did. So he told them. And they said, well... So be it. To your tents, O Israel. And the Israel ten tribes departed from him. And he lost ten tribes of the nation of Israel. Because he forsook. He was a fool that raged and was confident. But Noah, through faith, had an understanding of what would be the end of this corruption. He understood that God was righteous, God was holy, and God would judge this wickedness. In time. Now, I'm sure, you know, even though it wasn't written, but there were those in those days that act like people do today. Well, it's been going like this for, you know, a long time. And, uh, but Ecclesiastes verse chapter 8. And verse 11 says this, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Though a sinner do evil one hundred times, and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. 
but it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not before God. See, Noah understood. He feared God. And by faith, he saved himself and his house. Somebody said this, quote, Faith is to believe what you do not see. And faith is the reward. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. Unquote. So you do what you cannot see, but what you believe, you do it. And in time, God will bring to pass to sight what you believed, what you acted on through faith. And this is what happened to Noah. Noah's philosophy of life was grounded in the Word of God. Again, he's the tenth from Adam. His grandfather, Methuselah, lived during Adam's days. Noah believed in and preached the God of holiness and righteousness, one who created man, not one created by man. You know, all these others were, had their own form of God. They were followers of Cain. Cain had a God of his own making. It was, it was a religion that was man-centered, that glorifies man. And these were the ideals of the time, and that's the ideals of our time. That's the days we're living in. But Noah is an example to us that we don't have to go along with the times. We, uh, we should understand the times, but we don't have to go along with the times. Second uh, Peter 2.5 says, and, go, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So he was a preacher, called a preacher of righteousness. Now, go to chapter 9 then. And verse 20, you know, Noah, Noah walked with God, but Noah was a man. We know that Noah has his blot on his life as well. <clears throat> verse 20, chapter 9 says, Noah began to be a husband. This is, of course, after he comes off the ark. Began to be a husband, and he planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine and was drunken. He was uncovered within his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of the father and told his two brethren without. Shem and Japheth took a garment and covered the nakedness of the father, and their faces were back where they saw not their father's nakedness. Noah woke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, servant of servant shall be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. And Noah lived after the flood 350 years, and all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. Somebody says this, said this quote, that the fairest copy that ever mere man wrote since the fall had its blots and false strokes. It was said of Noah that he was perfect in his generations, but this shows that it meant of sincerity, not a sinless perfection. So here we have Noah... You know, he's now by himself and his family, and they're multiplying. 
He doesn't have this, all this opposition. And you'd think that since they didn't have all this opposition, the temptation to sin would be less. And yet, Noah now gets drunk. He plants a vineyard. Nothing wrong with a vineyard. It's what you do with it, like anything else. Like most other things. Um, this reminds us of Psalm 39, verses 4 and 5, where every man in his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. Somebody said, quote, that sometimes those who, with watchfulness and resolution, have by the grace of God kept their integrity in the midst of temptation, have, through security and carelessness and neglect of the grace of God, been surprised into sin when the hour of temptation has been over. Noah, who had kept sober in drunken company, is now drunk in sober company. Let him... You know, 1 Corinthians uh, 10.12, Let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed, lest he fall. So, the opposition kept Noah on guard. Kept him relying on God. Kept him in fellowship with God. He knew he needed God to overcome that opposition that was constant. That was overwhelming. And when that's gone, and he can relax, he lets his guard down. And the devil tempts him. You know, this illustrates for us how careful we need to be in times of ease and prosperity. You know, we can get careless in our walk with the Lord if we're not if we're not under attack or being opposed. And so you know, this is a warning to us. This is a warning to us. That, you know, and that's why Paul said in, of course, Philippians chapter 4, I've learned both how to be abased and I've known how to, learned how to abound. You know, we think, human nature, as, human nat- as humans, often we think, you know, when we have a real difficult problem, we really need God. But you know, we need God when things are good. Because then it's easy to become complacent, apathetic, and not careful to maintain our fellowship with God. And that's what happened to Noah here. And he fell to the temptation. And so, you know, 
Noah, somebody said Noah was simple enough and humble enough to trust God, good enough and strong enough to live above the popular tempo of life. You know, his, his, his standard was not set by those around him or popular opinion, but by the word of the Lord. You know, as I, get, I said this again Sunday, you only have one to please and no one to impress. You know, we live in a world that's becoming more and more evil. I was talking to a man, I guess it was yesterday, I hadn't seen in quite a while, friend, and saved man, I believe, and, and he was talking about that. Him, he said him and his wife were talking about how things were getting bad, and, and she said, well, you know, surely things are going to get better. And he said, no, they're not. And I said, no, they're not. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's what the Bible says. But we have to determine, like Noah did, that we're going to walk with God and not succumb to the pressures of the world around us. God's grace is sufficient, which we just need to trust Him. We just need to trust Him. Let's pray.